Hey, BSN listeners, really excited to tell you guys about some game-changing coffee. StravaCraft Coffee is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety, you name it. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty. We couldn't recommend it anymore to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code BSN2019 at checkout and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. What's going on, guys? Welcome into a brand new edition of the BSN Nuggets podcast. Harrison Wind here, of course, on a Wednesday, as always, represented by The Green Solution. Guys, visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. And use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Fun show planned for you guys today. In a few minutes, I'm going to get to my Nuggets All-Decade teams that I put together this morning. First and second teams going back really to the 2009-2010 season through last year. Uh, NBA.com did their All-Decade teams. They did three teams, but you know, for the sake of this discussion, I'm going to keep it till two. I tried putting together the third team, but... You know, it feels like I'm kind of scrapping together pieces there to try to put together another five. But later on the show, I'll give you guys my Nuggets all-decade first and second teams, talk about how I slotted each guy and why I included uh, some on the first team uh, rather than the second team and vice versa. Before I do get to that, though, I got a question here that I want to get to. This one came in on Twitter from Nick Trumbo. I want to remind you guys, if you got questions for the show, a bunch of ways you can get in. Uh, if you're a subscriber to BSN Denver, make sure to leave a question in the comment section on the post where this podcast will live on bsndenver.com. That comment section only open to BSN Denver subscribers. Uh, so get your guys' questions in there, and I'll be sure to get to them at the top of every show. You can also hit me on Twitter, at Harrison Wind, or email if you have a question that's longer than 240 characters, and I'll read it on the show, wind at bsndenver.com. Nick asks... Any reason why Jeremy Grant can't start at small forward and keep Plumlee in the same backup roles last year? Grant's going to be the primary defender against Paul George, LeBron James, James Harden, etc. So why couldn't he just regularly start there over Barton? I think the reason why he's not going to be the starting three, or at least why I don't envision him as the starting three, has more to do with what the Nuggets would give up on the offensive end of the floor if you were to swap Barton for Grant. Like when you look at those two guys' offensive skill sets, they're just vastly different. And Barton is just a really effective player in a Jokic-led offense. He was really excels at playing Jokic ball. He can create out of the pick and roll. He can pass. He can dribble. He can cut. He can create for himself. He can create for others. He can move off the ball. You don't get a lot of those things with Jeremy Grant. You get some, like Jeremy Grant has the catch-and-shoot ability, you know, I don't think he's much of a pull-up shooter. Like Barton has proved that he's a capable pull-up shooter. I don't think Grant's that, but you know, Grant at least can spot up from three, or he did last year. Uh, Grant, you know, he can get to the hoop as a driver, but he's not really going to create for himself. Doesn't have a a lot of experience, or hasn't really operated out of the pick and roll, or created out of the pick and roll. That's not really his role on the offensive end. He's a good cutter, I think. He's got a pretty high basketball IQ but obviously just hasn't gotten that experience playing alongside Jokic. So you know, maybe he develops into that role, but at least now it's tough seeing him 
bringing enough to the table, bringing enough versatility on the offensive end of the floor uh, to the table to start him at the three. Like that's kind of a prerequisite for playing a wing or a guard position in the Nuggets offense in a Jokic centered offense. Like you got to be able to do so many different things. You got to be able to dribble, shoot, pass, score, cut off the ball, play pick and roll. And Barton can do all those things. You forget about it because, you know, he was injured obviously last year, never really regained his rhythm over the second half of the season. You saw it in flashes. And like I went over on Tuesday's show, the Nuggets starting lineup last year with Barton uh, was great on the offensive end of the floor and the defensive end of the floor. When you swapped Torrey Craig in there for Barton, seemingly for defensive purposes, the defense stayed about the same. The offense fell off a cliff. The Nuggets couldn't really score effectively or efficiently with that group with Torrey Craig slotted in there for Barton. So I wonder if Grant in there at the three would have kind of a similar effect. But, you know, all in all, Jeremy Grant's a four. I don't think he's a three, especially not on the offensive end. Like, he could play some three, say, if he's in a lineup where he's playing alongside Juancho Hernan Gomez at the three and the four. That could be a duo at those two positions that work because those two could be pretty interchangeable at those two spots. But I just don't think he brings the versatility you want on the offensive end of the floor at small forward to play the three. Like, I just don't think there's enough creation there if you're playing Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Jeremy Grant, Paul Millsap, and Nico Jokic. You really lose a lot of creation if you take Will Barton off the floor with that group. I could see the offense kind of stalling at times if you've got Grant there at the three. You just really lose a lot of versatility if you take Barton off the floor with that group. Like I know it's tough to see through the trees when when looking at Barton's year last year, but he really helps make that starting five go. Like at times last year, even though it wasn't pretty, The numbers reflected that he was still a pretty valuable member when he was with that starting five. And yeah, you can say, well, playing with Jokic, everybody looks a little better than they actually are. That probably rings true, not just when you're looking at Barton, but when you're looking at Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, really everybody on the Nuggets roster. Playing with Jokic just makes you look like a better player. That goes for everybody that's played with the guy. But Barton, I think people forget just how much he brings to the table just in terms of a really versatile offensive wing who can play out of the pick and roll, who can shoot off the catch and off the dribble, who can play off a Jokic is a pretty good and probably an underrated off-ball cutter, guy who can get his own shot when he needs to, attack the rim and ISO situations. And I just don't think Jeremy Grant, at least what we've seen of him, and maybe there is a lot more to Jeremy Grant's offensive game that we didn't see because like I've said on this podcast in Oklahoma city, he was playing your turn, my turn with Russell Westbrook and Paul George. And it was Jeremy Grant's turn. Like every five or six times Westbrook or Paul George got theirs. He didn't really get a lot of touches. He was like solely a play finisher in Oklahoma city. Like he'll probably be in Denver, Uh, But maybe there is some more to his offensive game, but I just have a hard time envisioning him replicating like the creation and just the versatility that a guy like Barton brings to the starting unit. I project as I sit here on August 7th that Will Barton will be the Nuggets starting small forward on opening night. I do think, and I wouldn't be surprised if 
at training camp and throughout the preseason, there's a quote-unquote open competition for that small forward spot. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. But I think it's Barton's job to lose. And like I've said on this podcast before, I think he looks a lot more like his 2018 self than his 2019 self. And I think he recaptures that rhythm that he had before the injury because when he is at his best, when he is playing like he was in 2017-18, he is an incredibly valuable piece for this Nuggets roster. Denver doesn't really have a lot of guys like Will Barton who you know, can, can just play on the wing and create for himself and just do everything that he does on the offensive end of the floor. You know, the closest guy to him in terms of just his versatile – offensive skill sets maybe Jamal Murray like those two are kind of similar I think and just how they you know can create for themselves and get their own shot shoot off the dribble shoot off the catch uh, they do a lot of the same things on offense but other than you know that and, and Gary Harris does some of those things as well Denver doesn't have a ton of those guys so thanks for the question Nick I certainly appreciate it it's a topic that a lot of people have been wondering about and so while I don't think Jeremy Grant will start the three you know, he could close a lot of games at the four, maybe some at the three, especially if Denver's playing the Clippers with George and Leonard, the Lakers, LeBron, Anthony Davis, the Rockets even. So he'll play a ton. I think he's going to be incredibly valuable. When I listed and just kind of ranked the Nuggets' most important players for next season, I put him over Paul Millsap because I think he's got a little bit more defensive versatility than Millsap. I think he can be almost as impactful as a team defender, maybe a slight notch below Millsap as just a team defender. And he could probably be and most likely will be more productive offensively, just like on a per-minute basis than Millsap will be, probably a little more efficient too, shot the ball better than Millsap from three last year at least. And in the playoffs, I I just think he's going to be a really impactful guy and we'll see his minutes increase even more. But I just don't envision him as the starting three. He'll probably be the first guy off the Nuggets bench, I would assume. Like Grant for Millsap. That's probably the Nuggets' first sub of every game, I would guess, unless there's some foul trouble that Denver has to account for. And I've already said I think that Jokic-Grant pairing, man, that's going to be a deadly pairing. So I think Grant's going to play a ton for this team. Like 27 to 30 minutes a night off the bench was a big number for really any guy coming off the bench. And he'll probably start a few games at the four because I'm banking on Denver and speculating that the Nuggets will rest and load manage Millsap much more this year than they did last year. And they didn't really load manage him at all last year. Uh, So look for that as well potentially throughout the really all parts of the season, early parts of the season, late parts of the season, et cetera. Before we move on and get to my Nuggets All-Decade teams, it's time to take a second and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery the official beer of BS in Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado, right here. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American Amber Ale. But they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they're calling this a lighthearted Kolsch Ale. But for those of you who aren't beer snobs or beer aficionados and have no idea what that means this is a light delicious summer beer that you've been looking for so look for strawberry sky at your local liquor store or any other breckenridge beer 
Also, make sure you look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsendeavor.com where you'll be able to see all the events that we have planned. And of course, we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So RSVP and have a good time. Let's hit a quick break. On the other side, I'll get to my Nuggets all-decade second team and then first team. We'll be right back. If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-U.S. Uh, wines, I find them extremely helpful in helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast. Harrison Wind here as always. We are presented today by The Green Solution. Make sure to visit mygreensolution.com and use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. All right, let's get to it. I put together my Nuggets all-decade first and second teams. NBA.com published theirs for the entire league earlier this week, so I thought I'd take a stab at it and put together a first and second team. So I'll get to the second team first, but I want to go over some honorable mentions. Uh, First of all, first honorable mention, Carmel Anthony, and the biggest reason why he got left off this second team or, or the first team I mean, he just didn't play enough games for Denver in this decade. Uh, played just one and a half seasons in the decade. Traded 50 games into the 2010-2011 season, of course. Of course, he did lead the Nuggets at 53 wins in 2009-2010. Uh, was fourth place in the West, but you know was traded next season. So, Mello was a great Nugget. Obviously, it didn't end great. Although Denver did really get an awesome return for Melo, if you look back at it, Daniel Gallinari, Wilson Chandler, two guys who made my Nuggets all-decade teams. I'll get to them in a moment, as well as some other key pieces that really helped Denver have some exciting playoff series and make the playoffs a ton over the next few years under George Carl. A lot of people asking about Melo these days. Does he still have another season or two left in the NBA I think he should. I think he should have another year or, or two, maybe another year. Get the retirement tour like D Wade. Have that nice little All Star game appearance like D Wade and Dirk Nowitzki had last season. I'm sure he'll get that this upcoming year if he's on a team with Vince Carter, who should get that honor as well. But if you're the Wizards, just sign Carmelo Anthony. I think like his real hometown in DC. I think he only lived in New York until he was seven or eight and then went to high school and kind of really grew up in the D.C. area. If you're the Wizards, like, why not? 
you're not really trying to win this year. Could really use another good draft pick. John Wall's out the whole season. Carmelo could sell some tickets for you. I think that'd be a decent move for the Wizards. But if you're a playoff team, yeah, you probably want nothing to do with Carmelo Anthony, including the Nuggets. And, of course, we've seen that floated around the Twitter sphere a bit. Could the Nuggets sign Carmelo Anthony? To cut to the chase, that would make zero sense for Denver. First of all, there's absolutely zero minutes in Denver for Melo. He's not going to play over guys like Will Barton or even Torrey Craig or Malik Beasley. And then at the four, there's no minutes for him either, which is really his best position now. He's not going to play ahead of Paul Millsap. He's not going to play ahead of Jeremy Grant. So there's no minutes for him. And the Nuggets don't need just an ISO score on that bench unit. So there's no need for Melo in Denver. There's probably no need for him on a lot of playoff teams. But if I'm a lottery-bound team like the Wizards, like the Charlotte Hornets, I need to sell a few tickets, get some scoring, I might take a stab at Melo. So he got an honorable mention for me. Some other guys to get honorable mentions. J.R. Smith played two seasons with the Nuggets. If you guys remember, was just that instant offense guy off the bench for Denver. 14 points per game in those two years. Shot 39% from three on four tenths per game in 2010-2011. Probably his best season in Denver. Nene also got an honorable mention for me. You feel like he was here forever this decade, but only spent two and a half seasons uh, since 2009-2010 in Denver. Played 82 games that year in 2009-2010 when Denver won 53 games, won the Northwest Division. Kenyon Martin, also an honorable mention, but again, only played two seasons with Denver. Also was really injury-plagued throughout those two seasons. Only played a total of 106 games over those two years. Andre Miller, Corey Brewer also had some really good moments for Denver in the early part of this decade. Andre Iguodala, I'll throw him an honorable mention because he was on that Nuggets 57-win team. Arguably Denver's best player on that team, too. I don't know who you give that title to between him, Gallinari, or Lawson. Probably him, though. So I thought he deserved an honorable mention uh, for that season alone, even though it was his only season in Denver. And then my final honorable mention, Darrell Arthur, who I almost included on my Nuggets All-Decade second team, but you know, really just decided that the production just wasn't quite there. But he did play five seasons in Denver this decade from 2013-14 through 2017-18, which was the last season he played in the league. Uh, he spent all that time in Denver, but just production-wise, didn't make the cut. His best season was in 2015-16, played 70 games, 16 starts, averaged around 22 minutes a game, posted Really solid numbers for him. 7.5 points, 4.2 rebounds, 45% from the field, 38.5% from three. Uh, But he missed out on one of those front court spots on the Nuggets all-decade second team. Those are my honorable mentions. Moving on to guys who actually made my Nuggets all-decade second team. The two front court spots, they go to Wilson Chandler and Paul Millsap. When it comes to Chandler... Obviously, came over from the Knicks in that mellow trade, spent the next seven seasons in Denver, was injured for one of those, but as a Nugget, averaged 12.6 points per game across pretty much six and a half seasons. He averaged 13 points per game on that 57-win team in 2012-2013, was pretty instrumental uh, with that group, was also a part of two 50-win teams with the Nuggets, and 
he really served as a bridge, you know, from the Carmelo Anthony era, who he was obviously traded for. He kind of teamed with Daniel Gallinari and uh, a couple other guys and then was around for the Brian Shaw days. And then he was here still as a bit of a mainstay for the early part of the Jokic era. So he was really here for these last, I guess, three distinct eras in my mind of the Nuggets, the post-Mellow era, the Brian Shaw era, and the Jokic era. And, you know, he really did a lot for Denver. Uh, He was a part of some good teams. He was a part of some bad teams. But a guy who started a lot of games for the Nuggets, had his career year in 2016-17, off of the injury, or where he didn't play all of 2015-16, he averaged 15.7 points, shot 46% from the field, 34% from three, six and a half rebounds per game, played in 71 games that year, 33 starts. Kind of a jack-of-all-trades for Denver. Played a lot of four, played some three, He did really whatever the Nuggets wanted him to do, and at times that's tough in the NBA where guys are so accustomed to just consistent roles and knowing what minutes they're going to play, when they're going to come in, when they're going to come out of games. Chandler's role never really seemed to stay consistent, even over the last couple years that he spent in Denver. He would start, he would come off the bench, he would play the three, he would play the four, and that's tough to do as a player, so uh, he definitely deserves some props for that. And I think all in all, he, he's a guy who had a really solid tenor in Denver and was a big part of shaping just this last decade of Nuggets basketball. The other forward spot, like I said, goes to Paul Millsap. And, you know, although he hasn't spent a ton of time with the Nuggets, obviously only two seasons here, there wasn't a lot of competition for this final front court spot. It was pretty much between him, Nene, who only spent two and a half seasons here, in Denver this decade, JaVale McGee, who was only here for a couple years this decade, and Darrell Arthur, like I said. So I gave the nod to Paul Millsap, who probably Denver's biggest free agent signing of all time, going back to the summer of 2017. And he's really helped shape the culture here in Denver over these last couple of years. He's been a mainstay. He's been a leader in that locker room, a guy who leads by example and has really helped instill a defensive mindset within the Nuggets, and if you're looking for reasons why Denver shot up to a top-10 defense for the first time, really in recent memory and the first time in the Michael Malone era, the biggest reason why is probably Paul Millsap's just defensive prowess. And he's been huge on that end of the floor, inspiring guys to play better defense, and I think he's going to have another big year this year. And I expect Denver to be another top-10 defense, and I do believe that Paul Millsap's presence, his focus, his attention to detail on the defensive end of the floor has rubbed off on Nikola Jokic and has helped Jokic go from a guy who was clearly a below average and a really poor defensive center early on in his career to last year where I think he changed a lot of narratives about his play on that end of the floor and became an above average defensive center. I think you got to give obviously a lot of credit to Jokic, but also credit to Millsap for just changing the culture Uh, within the organization when it comes to defense and a bit of his defensive prowess and just the attitude he brings to that end of the floor rubbing off on Jokic. So I've got those two guys in the front court on my Nuggets all-decade second team. In the backcourt, and I guess I'll start at the other forward spot, the small forward spot, if you will, I've got Will Barton there. And there was a little bit of competition for this spot, but I decided to go with Barton because... He's sneakily been in Denver for 
a really long time. He spent four and a half seasons here. And kind of like Wilson Chandler, he's done a little bit of everything for the Nuggets. As a Nugget, he's averaged 13.3 points per game. Uh, Of course, if you remember, in the 2017-18 season, started 40 games for Denver. Probably should have been a legit sixth man of the year candidate that year. Came off the bench for 41 games, started 40 games. So I believe the criteria is for six man. You just have to come off the bench more games than you started. So uh, he did that, but you know was not really mentioned. Helped Denver get to 46 wins. Uh, of course, they missed out on the playoffs by a one game that year. But he did it all for that second unit, if you remember. He played off the ball. Like I just said, he got in the starting lineup and was really productive there. Played backup point guard for like half the season. Uh, in 2017-18, and that year he averaged 15.7 points per game, a career high. He also averaged 33.1 minutes per game in 2018. That was the second most on the team behind Gary Harris. So uh, he was vital to the 46 wins Denver got in that 2017-18 season. And he's just been around Denver for a while. He's been a nugget for a long time. He's the second longest tenured guy on the team behind Gary Harris, and he got here in Harris's rookie season. You know, the only difference, he was acquired in a midseason trade. Uh, Harris obviously just started the year in Denver. So those two guys, as Will Barton told me last year, are the founding fathers of this current iteration of the Nuggets. So I gave Will Barton that small forward spot on the second team. And then my two guards on my Nuggets all-decade second team, Aaron Aflalo and Jamal Murray. Aaron Aflalo, he spent three and a half seasons with the Nuggets this decade. In 2011-12, probably his best year in Denver, averaged 15.2 points per game, shot 40% from three, was the starting two guard on the six-seeded Nuggets in the West. You also forget just how good and solid of a defender Aaron Aflalo was. Definitely an above-average defender as a two guard. I don't know if he was at the level Gary Harris is at, maybe slightly below Gary Harris in terms of just his impact on that end of the floor. But He was just a really solid nugget for the time he spent in Denver. Obviously went on to Orlando, posted bigger numbers there. But a guy that you look back on as somebody who just really played his role, uh, was a winning player, did a little bit of everything, uh, was a good locker room guy, was was a high IQ player, just a guy you wanted on your team. And I think he deserved this spot on the second team. My final inclusion on the second team, this was one I battled with who to go with as the point guard here. And I went with Jamal Murray. And I guess the reason why I went with Jamal Murray on the second team, and spoiler alert, I went with Ty Lawson on the first team. Lawson spent six seasons in Denver. Jamal Murray has spent just three. And, you know, Lawson, he was obviously here for the Brian Shaw era, but he was still a part of a lot of really good teams. And I'll get to Lawson a bit more in a minute. But when it comes to Murray, obviously maybe even by the end of next season, or if not by the end of next season, surely by the end of the 2020-2021 season, he ascends to the starting point guard. He passes Lawson as your quote-unquote first-team all-decade point guard uh, with the Nuggets. But I don't think he's there quite yet. It was just his third season in the league last year. He's got an incredibly high ceiling. You guys know that. Uh, His rookie year came off the bench, averaged 9.9 points per game. His first year as a starting point guard, 16.7 points per game as he nearly helped lead Denver to a playoff appearance in just his second season. 
Denver, of course, was one game away from playoff spot that year, losing in game 82 uh, to the Timberwolves, and then comes back last year. Obviously, the best season of his career, 18.2 points per game, 44% from the field, 37% from three, 4.2 rebounds, 4.8 assists. So just from a longevity standpoint, that's why I gave the nod to Lawson here. Uh, But Murray is definitely on track to pass him. And so for now, I've got Murray uh, on my second team, but he could surely uh, ascend to that first team potentially even after next year. Before we get to my Nuggets All-Decade first team, I want to remind you guys, if you're not subscribed to BSN Denver, we're still running our Broncos training camp sale where you can get a BSN Denver subscription for 60% off. How you get that, go to bsndenver.com backslash subscribe. Use the code BroncosCamp. That's all one word, all capitals, promo code BroncosCamp, B-R-O-N-C-O-S-C-A-M-P. And you can get a membership to BSN Denver for just $2.91 a month. You also get a free t-shirt from bsndenver.com. Nuggets, Broncos, Avalanche shirts on sale now. Much more coming. You also get all of our written content. That's on bsndenver.com in audio form. If you don't have time to read our stories, you can have them read to you and listen to them. So you get all that with a BSN Denver subscription. And we've gotten great feedback on the audio stories from our subscribers so far. You guys seem to really enjoy them. uh, So we'll keep giving you that feature. Let's hit another break. On the other side, I'll get to my Nuggets All-Decade first team. We'll be right back. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast. Harrison Winter on a Wednesday, of course, we're presented by The Green Solution. If you visit mygreensolution.com and use code BSN20, you can get 20% off your entire purchase. Moving on to my Nuggets All-Decade first team, I'll start with the guards and a guy that I just talked about a little in the previous segment, but I've got Ty Lawson on my Nuggets All-Decade first team, really for the most part because he just spent six seasons in Denver compared to Jamal Murray's three, but also because Lawson was a part of some really good teams. His rookie year in 2009-2010 averaged around 20 minutes a game for the 53-win Nuggets And then the next year, in 2010-2011, Denver won 50 games. Ty Lawson started 31 of those games, still averaged 26 minutes a game, played a pretty key role starting and off the bench for that team. And then if you go on, 2011-2012, that was actually the lockout year, 
But Lawson started every game for Denver that he appeared in uh, that season. 61 games in total, averaged 16.4 points, 3.7 rebounds, 6.6 assists per game. And then as we go on, 2012-13, Denver, of course, won 57 games under George Carl. That team was kind of captained by Lawson. He started 71 games that year, 16.7 points per game, 6.9 assists. And then, obviously, the Nuggets fall off a bit under Brian Shaw, but Lawson was still a mainstay on those teams, putting up big numbers. So, all in all, Lawson was a part of three 50-win teams, 2009-2010, 2010-2011, and 2012-2013. And you could probably include 2011-2012, the lockout year. You know, Denver was probably on pace to get close to 50 wins that season as well. Uh, So he was on some good teams. He was on bad teams. But the fact that he played six seasons in Denver, three of those were on 50-win teams. Another one was on a lockout-shortened year where Denver could have flirted with 50 wins. That's why he gets that first-team nod from me. My other guard spot on my first-team all-decade Nuggets team goes to Gary Harris, a guy who has spent his entire career in Denver and a guy who's probably going to be here for uh, quite a while. Harris uh, obviously didn't play much as a rookie, uh, but has really come on here and Honestly, there wasn't a ton of competition with Gary Harris for this first-team spot. Probably the best competition came from Aaron Aflalo, but Harris has already accrued more years in Denver than Aflalo, and he already, if you look at what he did in the 2016-17, even the 2017-18 season, probably more productive than Aflalo ever was in Denver. He really broke out in 2017, Harris did. That season, he averaged 14.9 points on just incredible efficiency, 50% from the field he shot, 42% from three, 3.1 rebounds per game, and then just saw his numbers ramp up even more in the next season, 2017-18, 17.5 points per game. His efficiency dipped a little bit, but it was still really solid, 48.5% from the field, 39.6% from three, so just around that 40% barometer. And last year, he dropped off a bit. Obviously, the injuries uh, hurt him. Only 57 games played. Was really banged up throughout the whole year. Saw his efficiency drop quite a bit, all the way down to 34% from three. But I think he'll rebound with, obviously, some better health next season. And, you know, Harris is a guy who also probably deserves to be on this first team because he's really helped craft this era of Nuggets basketball. He was really one of the first guys, if you look at just learning to play with Nikola Jokic, Harris was the first guy probably to realize, hey, if I cut, if I play off the ball, if I screen for a man and then flash the basket, Nicole is probably going to find me. So he was really the first guy where it seemed like it clicked in his head of how to play with Nikola Jokic and really helped usher in this era of Jokic ball. Also on this first team, at the small forward spot, I've got Danilo Gallinari, somebody who, with Wilson Chandler, Obviously laid the groundwork in the post-Carmelo Anthony era for Denver and was here under Brian Shaw and then here again through uh, the first few seasons of the Jokic era. But, I mean, Gallo, he had a long run in Denver. Played five and a half seasons with the Nuggets after he came over in that mellow trade. He was injured for one, just like Chandler. But as a Nugget, averaged 16 points per game, was the go-to scorer on that 57-win team, And I talked about this a little when speaking about Ty Lawson earlier, but 
He's in the argument for best player on that team. I don't know if you want to give that title to Iguodala or Lawson or Gallinari, but he was certainly uh, the Nuggets' go-to scorer on that 57-win team. That season, he averaged 16.2 points per game. Ty Lawson averaged 16.7 points per game, so he led Denver in scoring a bit. But you know, when the game was on the line, Denver was trying to get Gallo a shot there. So I think his time in Denver, Gallo should really be remembered fondly. I think it is, and I, th- I think it will be when it's all said and done. And it still seems like he's got a lot of good years left as well uh, because he was really solid with the Clippers last year, and, and I think he'll be really solid with Oklahoma City again this year where he is currently under contract. Moving on to the front court, my first team power forward on my Nuggets All-Decade team, it's Kenneth Fareed. Kenneth Fareed spent seven seasons in Denver, the first seven seasons of his career uh, before the Nuggets traded him to Brooklyn, not this past summer, but the summer before that. And he was starting power forward for five and a half of those. And what I think about when I think about Kenneth Fareed's time in Denver is he really helped spring Jokic ball to life, right? December 15, 2016, the Nuggets starting front court, Jokic and Kenneth Fareed. Those two had just a great chemistry. Fareed really just kind of stayed out of Jokic's way, stood in the dunker spot, got a lot of lobs, did a lot of work on the offensive glass, got a lot of dump offs and dunks from Jokic and really everybody else that he was playing with and really helped usher in this age of Jokic ball. Denver probably could have got there without him, right? Like I think if Kenneth Freed never existed with the Nuggets, Denver still could have gotten to the point they're at right now, you know, with Jokic running things and just the equal opportunity democratic offense. But Kenneth Freed definitely helped usher in this era. Freed's best season in Denver, it was probably 2013-14 13.7 points per game, 8.6 rebounds per game. And in total over Freed's seven seasons in Denver, he averaged 11.4 points, 8.2 rebounds per game. So really solid numbers there. And he was really a mainstay, uh, really beginning, obviously, in the George Carl era and then throughout the Brian Shaw era and then into the first few years of the Jokic era too. And then finally, the last member of my all-decade Nuggets first team is Nikola Jokic, who you know, has only spent four seasons in Denver, but man, what a memorable four seasons it's been. I think he's got a great shot and probably is the heavy favorite you know, to just go down as the Nuggets best player in the history of their organization, an organization that's seen a lot of great players come through it from David Thompson to Alex English, Fat Lever. I think if I had to bet I would say Jokic finishes his career as just the Nuggets' best player in franchise history. Got his first All-Star appearance last year. Obviously was first-team All-NBA. And the sky's the limit for him. I think there's a really good case to be made that next year he'll be a top-five player in the league. He'll likely garner another All-Star selection. He could very well wind up on the All-NBA first team next year and lead Denver to maybe the Western Conference Finals and potentially the NBA Finals. Uh, it's crazy how he's gotten here. His road to the NBA, you can make a Hollywood movie out of it. You make a Hollywood movie out of a lot of guys on the Nuggets road to the NBA, like a Will Barton or a Torrey Craig. But Jokic's path, it's been incredible. It's been fun to watch. And if you were voting on a Nuggets all-decade first team, Jokic would be for sure 
a unanimous selection. So he gets my final spot on my Nuggets All-Decade first team. Uh, He's joined there by Kenneth Fareed, by Gary Harris, by Ty Lawson, and by the Neil Gallinari. And then on my second team, I've got Jamal Murray on there, followed by Aaron Aflalo, Will Barton, Wilson Chandler, and Paul Millsap. Let me know what you guys think. Hit me up if you're a BSN Denver subscriber in the comment section where this post will live on bsndenver.com. It will be titled BSN Nuggets Podcast, All Decade First and Second Teams. I'll leave your comment there, that comment section only available to bsndenver.com subscribers. Also, hit me up through email, wind.bsndenver.com or on Twitter at Harrison Wind. That's all the time I got for today's show. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Green Mountain Dental Group is a family-owned business that has been a staple in Lakewood for over 40 years. Whether it's cosmetic, oral surgery, or preventative dentistry, at Green Mountain Dental Group, you will find nothing but the best. We have chosen Green Mountain Dental and will continue to attend Green Mountain Dental because of the superior care that we receive from them. Their facility is amazing and above all, it's the personal touch that we receive from the people there, including Dr. Ben Jr. and Anne and Mary and Sherry and Marie. They've known me was my husband, my children, and now my grandchildren, and are just incredible with all of us. That was Annette. She's been a patient at Green Mountain Dental Group since 1976 and truly loves their service. Never did I think in 1976 how blessed we would be to recognize the people at Green Mountain Dental and are so thankful that they have been a part of our lives. For all new patients, Green Mountain Dental Group offers free teeth whitening trays when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Just mention BSN Denver.